Welcome to Kibi on Liberty. Federico, how are you? Great, great to be with you, Matt. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for doing this. And I was uh, looking for an Argentinian who could tell us um, what is going on politically in Argentina with Javier Millet. And I want to get into that, but you, you, you have some credibility on this subject because I think we first met on the Free Market Roadshow traveling through Europe. Um, and you are the uh, uh, one of the primary organizers of the Austrian Economics Conference in, in in both Vienna and I guess the last one was held in Latin America. Is that right? Yeah, the last one was held in, in Cusco, in Peru, last year. And this year, well, we're taking a break and next year we'll come back to Latin America, most likely to Mexico or to Colombia. We'll see. So, yeah, hopefully there will be more, there will be more Austrian economics in, in the region, too, and in, in, in Europe in a couple of years. I find, um, you know, when I spend time in Latin America, I find the um, um, awareness of Austrian economics to be quite significant. So, so something is happening that's, that's positive in terms of spreading those ideas in Latin America. Yes, Matt. And, and I mean, in a way, this is a very good way to introduce what we are, our, the main topic of our conversation today, because there has been something going on for quite some time and let's say the horrible political picture that you see in latin america in general i think that wasn't showing what was going on in society and the, you know we can we can talk about certain you know hints and things that you know if you paid attention you could realize that there was something going on really at the at the civil society level and there was a big gap with the political representation and Austrian economics is one of those things Austrian economics is let's say completely ostracized from uh, academia you can you know you can get your bachelor's degree your master's degree and your phd and never hear of you know if you go to a a regular institution and a national university, you can never hear of, 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 the, of the Austrians, of Hayek, Mises, and, and all the others. But there was something going on there because there were a lot of civil society organizations, NGOs, foundations, think tanks that were working about that. And in the case of my country, in particular, Argentina, the level of the, the economic collapse that we are suffering really made a lot of people, particularly young people, to try to find other solutions, other, you know, other, let's say, different responses to the, not just, okay, Argentina is doing very badly and it is what it is, or, well, we'll maybe solve some, uh, we'll solve the issues if we have more taxes or, or things like that. And that has created, like, the perfect climate for, uh, particularly uh, among young people, to be more interested in these kind of ideas. And in a way, uh, Javier Milei, let's say, lands, and please, I don't want to take any credit of, you know, from him about what he's doing, because it, it's amazing what he has created. And has been, he has been the spark in many ways uh, that, you know, created the, this good fire. But there was also a climate going on already. And 
in in a, in a way, and not you know, I mean, it's, it's not that I'm very thankful for that. But the level of 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 economic crisis and of decades of of going down, of destroying currency after currency, that in a way we we have to be <laughs> thankful for that because it has. Uh, it has given a lot of people the interest to try to find alternative solutions, other solutions. Um, so, so tell me, like for people that, uh, tell, tell me, give us a sense for what just happened in the primary and who Javier Millet is and a little bit of his background because he has a, is a pretty fascinating resume as well. I'll try, I'm not, let's say, I'm not an expert in his life, but I'll try to be as faithful as possible. Let's let's start with the elections because Argentina, like everything, has usually our systems are exotic, and this is uh, definitely an exotic uh, way to uh, you know select a president. Uh, we have like, like the U.S. and many other countries, we have a primary system, but this primary system, this primary election happens all at once, one day, and it's mandatory. So it's, you know, it's like the primary in the U.S., but not so much. Uh, and the only, I think this, this system ha is, is, is quite flawed in many ways, but it works for something, which is to uh, at least give you a picture of where society really is. Because as you know, in in political, in, in, in the political spectrum, I think in other, in, in other areas, uh, surveys, opinion polls are extremely useful, but in, in, in everything that at least everything that it's published usually is wrong. So, uh, for instance, a couple of weeks before the primary election, the mantra that was repeated everywhere in media was that Javier Millet was, you know, going down and the, the, the phenomenon is over and well, then, he, then he won. Yeah. So uh, at, it's, it's the only thing It's like, you know, you have a poll that you more or less can trust. Uh, so that's that's the thing. And of course, in certain parties, because the funny thing is in many in many uh, cases, there's only one candidate of a party. So he's going to a primary against no one. And many weird things happen in these elections. But anyway, that's what happened two weeks ago. And to the surprise of many, Javier Milei not only uh, did a spectacular election, but he was the winner. He was the, 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 his party, even though there was no primary because he was alone. So th there was technically no incentive to vote for him. He only had to have 1.5% of the, of the votes to be able to go to, to the real election. Uh, he was his party was the the, the 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 one that got the most votes, a little bit uh, over 30 percent of the votes, and he won. He was the the, the biggest, you know, the, the 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 most voted. So it's it's been really quite shocking for many. There are you can you can really feel still today in media, in 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 other parts of the political sphere, that uh, the, this this has been like an earthquake, and they still cannot. <laughs> <laughs> cope with with what has happened, and what about the the man? Well, Javier is a is a gentleman who uh, he's an economist. He's a he's a trained economist. He has spent most of his life because the, in, in, for the last two years he has been a, a member of parliament, but um, he has spent all his life in in either in academia or in uh, working for the private sector. He. 
he is now consider himself uh, consider himself uh, an, an Austrian economist, but he was not an Austrian uh, for all his life. He's been, let's say, <laughs> converted some years ago, but he has always been a, a very, a very serious and a very robust economist. And it's very interesting that he's running a campaign that in which he regularly quotes one of our biggest um, classical liberal thinkers of the country, who is Alberto Venegas Lynch. Um, he's very clear about what he wants to do. He's not trying to sugarcoat the message. And it's, it's interesting, he's so much influenced by the Austrian School of Economics that some of the things he says, it's very interesting. I think most of the voters, most of his voters understand, and that's why they, they vote for him, but I think creates certain misunderstandings with the media. For instance, when he says that he wants to blow up the central bank, uh, which you know, is not that he's talking dynamite somewhere and his first measure will be, you know, you understand, you know, everybody who's probably watching or listening to this understands what, what he means by that, which is, you know, just a metaphor of what he thinks. Uh, uh, you know about what he thinks the the central bank is doing to to our money, the the Argentinian peso, the the now deceased Argentinian peso, you could say. In, in uh, but well, it's, it's, he's quite a character. He's he's very vocal, definitely, and, and he can be very in your face sometimes. At Kibbe on Liberty, freedom is a lifestyle, twenty four seven, something you live and breathe and wear every day. If that describes you, you need the very best Liberty swag in the market today just like this shirt I happen to be wearing. Go to freethepeople.org slash KOL and check out our exciting merch. You too can love liberty and look cool. By the way, in the American context, uh, we have a saying for that. It's called end the Fed. And it's about about ending the central bank and, and getting rid of that manipulation. And I, I'd love for you to, before we get into some of the policies that are resonating that he talks about, I think people need to have some historical context for what an economic basket case um, public policy in the Argentinian economy has been. Um, endless um, inflation right now, I read, was 100% in 2023, and I don't even think Americans, for all of our inflation, can even conceive what that means. But it's been this um, socialist Keynesian experiment since the 1940s. Tell us, tell us, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a long period of time that I'm asking you to describe, but tell us, tell us what the mi fiscal mismanagement of your country. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, I'll try to make a, a very long story short, and also it's a very sad story, so I hope, you know, nobody, you know, we, we should, you know, a trigger warning is if you're experiencing, you know, some depression or something, don't listen to this part of the, <laughs> of the talk because it's going to be very sad. But yeah, Argentina was a country that was doing quite well, um, basically because Argentina had a constitution that was very similar to the U.S. and had a very classical liberal, you know, you under, you know, like. I don't know, you, in American terms, you could say either libertarian or conservative uh, way of uh, manage its, its own economy. And the country was doing well. The, the crisis of, of 1929 showed that institutions were not that uh, strong. We started with a series of, of military juntas and you know, milita military coup here and there. 
And that, let's say, turbulent period uh, reached its peak when in 1946, Juan Domingo Perón, a, a coronel, uh, got into power. He, he won the elections, got into power. And it's, I mean, I, I always use this, this anecdote, firstly, because it's true, and, th and secondly, because it's very telling. When Perón arrived to power, one of the first things he did, he went to the Central Bank of Argentina, and he said it was impossible to walk in the hallways because there was so much gold there. Well, he took care of that problem. <laughs> the gold, by, by the time he, he left office, so to speak, because, I mean, he was uh, thrown away, but by the time that, you know, the, the militaries took him out of power, there was no more, no more gold in the central bank. And he was probably, and, and please, because in, in Latin American and, and in U.S. terms, this could uh, lead to uh, a misunderstanding. He was the first populist, probably the, the first modern populist in the sense of Hugo Chavez, you know, the, the, one, the guys that we know now, Hugo Chavez, uh, Evo Morales in Venezuela, the, this kind of, you know, the, these guys who basically I, I like to consider what Peron economics was like doing heroin. For at the very, very beginning, probably it's great. Then, you know, at best they have to cut off your arm and at worst you die. And that's, a, but, but it felt great. For a while, it felt great. And that's how they, create, they created the myth. And then when things start falling apart, it's not the fault of Peron. It's not because Peron spent a lot of money. It's because of uh, dark forces, the US, where the United Nations, whoever, you know, uh, the oligarchy, businessmen and women, whoever you want. And well, Argentina could not and has not yet been able to cut with the populist cycle because the ones who came after Perón tried to do Peronism with a nicer face, you know, less, less tyrannical, you know, spending 25% less or things like that. Of course, it didn't work. Then, so the Peronists come back and come back and come back. And it's been that cycle, basically, since 1946. And, uh, well, we have destroyed six currencies. I mean, the U.S., let's, basically, since it, more or less since its inception, has, has, has had the U.S. dollar. Well, we had destroyed, like, six U.S. dollars uh, in our history, adding zeros and zeros, and then, of course, removing it. I have lived, when I was a child, we were all, just to give you an idea, we were under hyperinflation. Not so many people can say. I have lived in, in hyperinflation. And we were all millionaires, literally. We were all millionaires. Everything was, everything was, you know, like a, a million was more or less the equivalent to $100, to give you an idea. Everything was 500,000, 300,000. Everything was like that, hyperinflation. Um, and uh, well, then we had a period of, of stability for in the, during the 90s, which was great, but that unfortunately collapsed too. And again, we started, and just to give you an idea, Matt, the last iteration of the Argentinian peso, which was born in 1992, in 2001 was still one to one with the dollar. Now is 800 to one. There is no more currency. Argentina, and, and I mean, I think the, the Argentinian, this is, and really, this is not because I'm all, I'm an Austrian, you know, I, I like Austrian economics or anything like that. Argentinian authorities have proven, I think, once and forever, that they cannot, 
issue currency because this is how it always ends. And then you have, of course, a, a public spending by now. Public spending historically in Argentina was approximately 20, 25% of the GDP. Now it's close to 50. Public services are totally collapsed. Only 10% of children who start high school finish, it, finish high, high school on time. Uh, public hospitals are a joke. Everything is, in a way, in Argentina, everything exists on paper. We have yeah, public health, yes, we have. Don't get sick, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like you want a hot dog, yeah, it's one dollar, but without the sausage, you know, if you want a sausage, you know, we have to have a different conversation. Public education, the, the only thing that public education, uh, Argentina was kicked out of the of the PISA uh, trials because of cheating, because they tried to stage, you know, like the best schools not to be horrible. They were horrible. Uh, the, the country was horrible, uh, even cheating, and they were and they were kicked out. The only thing that public education has achieved so far, but now there's a huge backlash, is to basically brainwash the children because it's it's basically ideological uh, trash that it's thrown at them uh, from you know the early stages until you you finish high school, and well those things now I mean and, and, and Matt you know let's say everything you've been doing so far with 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 free the people is proof of that things have changed now it's not I always like you when you say you know when you quote this. American journalists who used to say, and those are the news, or, or these were the news, or something like that. Well, that, that doesn't that doesn't happen anymore. And Peronism basically had everybody fooled all the time, and well, that stopped. And particularly younger people, they have cell phones, they have access to internet, and 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 they are not fooled anymore that Argentina is doing great, that we have all these fantastic services, and this is you know let's say the the backlash to that, plus. The, the the possibility to access knowledge about Austrian economics and about other let's say classical liberal and libertarian ideas and philosophies and the existence of amazing figures which Javier is one of them he's not the only one that are also very uh, very popular on social media that they are very active has created this let's say combination that is really now uh, booming yeah he is, um, uh, Mille is, I mean, you, you can tell me more about this and you just reference this, but he has cut out the middleman. So he no longer depends on the, on the government controlled media to, to defend this narrative that everything's fine and, and we continue the public spending and, and all of that. He, and he's quite a flamboyant figure as well. So he, he fits the, the mold of, of, of an influencer that's able to, to, to tell an alternative story. Um, and I assume that's where his um, political star came from, he, that he became popular in culture and translated that into a political career. Is that true? I, I think so. I always think of, of Javier as, the, please, and the, again, this is not you know to, to cut any of his, uh, all the positive things that he has, but He's also, I mean, and, and this is part of, you know, of, of everyone who's successful. He was in the right place at the right time because of social media, because, of, I mean, he has, you know, and this is something I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, somewhat jealous of him. He has a big, you know, a lot of hair, you know, he looks uh, so. Thank you for joining me today on Kibi on Liberty and for being part of our fiercely independent audience. 
Every week, my organization, Free the People, partners with Blaze TV to bring you this show. My guests bring smart perspectives on everything from current events to timeless philosophical debates. If you like what you hear, go to freethepeople.org KOL and support Kibbe on Liberty so we can continue to produce these honest conversations with interesting people. Now, let's get back to it. Yeah, we, we both we both resent that, yeah. <laughs> I, I resent it more. <laughs> but anyway, but he, he has certain themes. I'm sure some people were attracted by Javier first because how he looked and how he spoke, not because, but those are the things. And the other issue, let's say, and this is, uh, this is some of uh, this is uh, an aspect that uh, leads to certain criticism of him that I think it's it's unwarranted. Is what you were mentioning, and also I would like to to know your opinion about about this this topic. Mediation. I don't think Javier is a, and, and I believe in mediation in many ways. Let's say I don't I don't want you know people voting all my aspects of my life, you know things like that. Let's let's decide it by let's decide everything by direct democracy or anything like that. And I don't think that's uh, Javier's uh, position at all. But definitely, he is not the he's not the child of mainstream media. De definitely not. He, and, and by the way, I think he's proven in a way that mainstream media that like the king is naked because. You cannot imagine the level of ferocity that he endured before the, the elections, and now it's even worse. But let's say I don't think that makes him a character that wants to be in direct contact with the people, because you, you know how the argument goes. He wants to go. He wants to be in direct contact with the people because he's basically a fascist or some sort of figure like that. No, I think things have changed. I think the only way to be in contact with people is through social media, YouTube, Twitch, Discord, etc. That's what we are seeing. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, I agree with that assessment. And I just had uh, last week on my program, I had my friend Jack Hunter on the show and he, he worked for Ron Paul and he worked for Rand Paul. And we were talking about this concept, this phrase that I use called libertarian populism. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with translating our values and ideas and policies into a compelling program that, that reaches directly to people, particularly through social media. We've cut out all the middlemen, in, including um, at the university level, at the government level, uh, and certainly at the media level. Um, but in order to translate some sometimes complex ideas of Austrian economics, you gotta, you gotta speak to the people. And I can't imagine not wanting to do that. I know, I know a lot of uh, uh, free marketeers, classical liberals, libertarians are triggered by the phrase populism. And I, I would call Millet a, a populist, but that doesn't in any way make him a fascist or a Marxist or a nationalist. And, and I realize that a lot of populists are, are authoritarians that have have wrapped their 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 uh, really toxic ideas in in populism, but but I, I think that this is the new normal in the sense that if we want our ideas to succeed, we're going to need we're going to need personalities that understand how to speak directly to people in order to connect with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that these are the, the this, it's, it's a new way to play the game. It's it's it's, it's that and. 
of course, and I think there's also a lot of backlash because of, 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 of the media is seeing how everything that they believed was solid is melting in the air. Yeah, and they don't like, and, and we've, we've had this conversation for years on this show, the, a big part of the criticism, and you could fill in the blank as to who they're criticizing, they're criticizing someone that wants less government involvement, they want to get rid of the middlemen, and they want to disrupt business models like um, the corporate media structure in, in our country. And I, I don't know about your media. I assume your media is effectively government controlled in Argentina. Is that true? <laughs> to a certain degree. There is a, a, a freedom of media, you know, to a certain extent, but there's a lot of money via advertising. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh... yeah they're, they're captured maybe and not 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 owned and, and totally controlled. I, it sounds similar to what we have in this country. But so much of, of the backlash is the disruption of the status quo, and it's it's the business model for media, but it's also the business model of, of government. Like, they, they were deciding who the candidates were and how people would vote, and suddenly this outsider comes in. And I tell this story in the American context, and and it, it didn't start with Ron Paul, but Ron Paul's a great first example of, of a um, decentralized, disintermediated political campaign where he was allowed and able to speak directly to people. And that's just been turbocharged with social media. Um, so this, this is a new world that is, that is more democratized. Um, and, and I'm here for it because you're, you're describing a scenario where this sustained abuse and 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 basically stealing from from the people of Argentina through central bank policies and spending money you don't have um, this this is a classic Austrian narrative but until now it's been it's been hard to break it up it's been hard to stop it yeah definitely and the other thing let's say that Millet I think faces and again is a it's it's, it's totally unfair is that Argent I, I mean Argent I think and please, I could be wrong. I tend to, you know, err on the side of optimism in in many ways. But I really think there's a there's there's like a, a, a tectonic shift in Argentina happening. This has, you know, and and, and I, I really there are you know statistics and things I can show you. I mean, just before I, I tell you what I'm going to tell you, I want to give you an example that I love. In Argentina, like in many other parts of the world, we have apps like Uber Eats, you know, and well, Rappi, which is from Colombia, and, and, and others that, you know, the, the deliveries and things like that, the, the gig economy. The government, for the last three, four, five years, has been doing a lot of effort in order to unionize these, these guys. Usually it's, it's young guys, you know, who are either studying or, you know, trying to, to get their, themselves in the, in the job market and while well, they are doing these things. And then they have fought ferociously in order not to be unionized because they 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 have they don't, they have nothing to do with those structures with that they are very by the way it's very interesting that you know media and people went and, and talked to them because they were really and, and they, they are a lot so that they they have been able to stop all these efforts that that, that that were to protect them nobody asked them if they wanted to to do that and they were saying we're very happy with our with, with the the company with how we work with company X Y and Z. This is this this is this is fantastic for us. Please let us and you know the platforms that we are associated to or we are partners to 
let us decide how we do it. Those things, and there are a lot of examples, but I think this one is very telling. Argentina, you know, Perón was like the, the, the you know, he was a quasi-fascist and he was a corporatist and, and, and corporativist. And, you know, all these, you know, unions and things like that were the cornerstone. And all that is collapsing. All that is melting. And there are a lot of changes in Argentina. But, of course, I, I, I gave you a very brief summary, but this, this has been for a very long time. I mean, close to a century that Argentina has been captured by, by very statistic, statist ideas, by very, uh, you know, spendaholic ideas and things like that. And there was a, a total agreement and consensus among all the political parties that this was the way to go. It was either, okay, you know, maybe, you know, Matt is a, a little bit more civilized than the typical, he's going to spend more or less the same, but he's more civilized. You know, he speaks, you know, he, he, he forms, you know, normal sentences when he speaks, he's not, you know, he doesn't sound like a, that, 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 that was basically what you could, uh, what you could choose. And well, there's the inertia of that. So, Millet, in many ways, is presented as some sort of anti-system figure. And by anti-system, I mean that he wants to overthrow the constitution or anything like that. Well, firstly, I mean, he's very, he's, he's totally clear that he wants the constitution to be what it is, which is the, the main law of the country, which is, in Argentina, it's only on paper by now. He's not, let's say, dreaming of uh, changing the system at all. He wants the system to, to, to work. But also, there's, there, there, there used to be this, this consensus, so he's portrayed as if he's not, as if the guy, he wants to come and kick, kick everything, and no. What I think Javier, and of course, again, in this, I could be wrong, I hope I am not, I think he has identified is the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is that Argentina has a system that doesn't work, that is never going to work, because if you have the state destroying the currency, destroying all the, all the contracts in the economy, spending what it doesn't have, regulating yourself to death, and things like that, it's not going to work. It's not going to work in the US, in Sweden, in Canada, in New Guinea, whenever it doesn't matter, that's not going to work. And he understands that that system needs to be completely overhauled. It needs to be replaced by something new and better. It, there is no, okay, if we keep 78% of this and we make some makeup changes. No, no, this, is, this has to change. It, he's radical, but he's a radical reformer. And by the way, the system that, the, let's say, the, 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 the ideas that he brings to the table are ideas that are more compatible with the Republican constitutional system that Argentina has. So he's definitely not a, some sort of, of figure, you know, like Viktor Orban or someone who wants to undermine uh, the, the Republic and destroy it and, and, become, and, and crown himself. No, not at all. He wants, but in, in that way, I think the, the best parallel, if you, if you want to understand what what Javier Milei, uh, what kind of figure he is, he's similar to the reformers of Central Europe and the Baltics. He's, those guys had very clear understanding that communism was a destructive system that had destroyed their countries, and you shouldn't commit, you know, to find some commitment, say, okay, maybe if we keep some of the of the uh, the old uh, communist institutions and ways of organizing, no, the, the system should should be completely reset. And what they what they replace it for? Capitalism, Demo democratic capitalism. 
And that's what Millet, I, I think Argentina has not communism, but has this some sort of populism consensus, this uh, very socialist uh, way of living that has basically destroyed the country. And what he wants is to completely replace that and change it for uh, an economic system that is capitalist, that is based on, on Western values, on democracy and the division of power. If you made it this far into the show, it means I must be doing something right. Kibi on Liberty is just one of the amazing products we created for the people. We tell emotionally compelling stories and produce educational videos for the Liberty Curious. Our award-winning documentaries personalize all things Liberty, independence, creativity, hard work, integrity, and perseverance. After the show, check out our work at freethepeople.org. And if you like what you see, donate to support what we do. That's freethepeople.org. Now back to the show. You have, uh, you've written that, uh, you've, you've compared him in a sense to, to some of the, the reforms in Eastern Europe and the Balkans. You compared him to Mart Lahr from Estonia and uh, Lesek Balsarovic. Uh, how do I say his name? Balsarovic. Yeah, I was close. Okay. Um, and these, these, these guys, um, it, I don't want to get too far into that, but if you don't know who these folks are, they're, they're the, um, Bolsarowicz is the, the Milton Friedman of, of Poland's important market reforms. And, uh, Mart Lahr actually read Free to Choose and he, he tells jokes about this. He's like, I, I assumed that, that the United States had embraced all of Milton Friedman's proposals. So I did it too in Estonia only to discover afterwards that the United States hadn't done any of that stuff. We just talked about it. But these are, these are again, radical reformers. And, 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 and what I hear is um, Javier wants to uh, reestablish the rule of law based on a Republican constitution that really isn't respected anymore. And, and back to the Austrian theme, he wants to break the cycle of tax, spend, borrow, and printing through the central bank. Um, how much of that um, sort of substantive philosophical-based policy is, is what makes him popular, and how much of it is just people are so fed up and they see that you know, they're, they're running to the store to fill their trunk with food because they believe there's going to be another massive spike in, in inflation. How much of it is just, you know, we've tried everything else, we're tired of the bullshit, Let's try this. That's a very good question, Matt. And I don't know if I have, I, I'll give you my, my, my totally honest opinion, but it's really, it's my opinion and, and I could be wrong. I think at the beginning when, when Javier was gaining, Javier became like a, like a social media star and, you know, he went to TV and it's not that in TV many people watch them, but, you know, then some of his fans made these short clips and published them on social media and they got viral like crazy. And that's how he, 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 he started racing. And I'm sure, and he was, as I said, he could be sometimes very, very much like in, in your face, you know, he could drop some insult, you know, some F-bombs, as you would say, in the, in the U.S. or things like that. So, you know, he was, and I'm sure that caught the attention of people who, as you 
very aptly described, you know, cannot, you know, we, we say, you know, you cannot make it until the end of the month, you know, your money, money is running out, you know, you can, you cannot even fill the, you know, your, the, your, your cars, you know, fuel and things like that. So, yeah, for sure. But at the same time, and this is in part because of him and in part because of technology, now accessing let's say, the, the body of ideas that Millet was trying to um, uh, uh, spread and promote was easier than ever. We are extremely lucky of the, of the time that we are living now. So particularly with young people, those guys now really, I, I, I really, they really, they really get it. They, they, they really. They, it's, I, I'm not saying they are all uh, equivalents of Milton Friedman, of Ludwig von Mises, you know, and, and they could sit at the Montpellier Society. But these guys, really, it's, it's not that for them it's just oh he has long hair, therefore I, I will vote for him or I like him. No, it's not like that. And they know, they know Hayek is not Salma Hayek. They, <laughs> as you know, all of. I remember. I mean, it was. It was a pleasant surprise in a way, but I remember the first time I heard about the Austrian economics, I was so excited. And then you will Hayek and you know, well, you got, I mean, something quite pretty, but uh, it, it was it's not a, pretty. It's a, it's it's a, a good, good problem. problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Millet explains this, these young people particularly, these people who, by the way, for them, the alternative is either the country really makes 180 change, degree change, or they they will have to leave. Argentina has had a horrible brain drain and, and people are leaving, you know, every year families destroyed and, 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 and many things because of the, of the horrible situation that the, the country is. And these guys basically torture their parents in order to make them understand that Millet was the guy who was right. In Argentina, Matt, voting is mandatory. You you know you you have to go to vote. You know you can get a, a, a fee if you. I mean it's it's really a joke. I mean they, they are not going to put you in jail, which is fine. I mean if you don't vote or anything like that. But voting is mandatory. It's not like in the U.S. Uh, you know you have to. You know it's 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 the say it's a right and a duty. You know at, at the same time. Uh, there are a lot of people who didn't go to vote in the last elections, and let's say absentee, you know, and not, not going to vote is, 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 is growing. I think those are the people who are only upset and angry, and they are right, and they are saying everybody's the same, I, I, I just don't care, uh, nothing is going to change, or, you know, or just they are out of the system in, in, in other ways. The people who voted for Millet, I think it was a very thought out vote. They know what they are going to get and just you know you can get whatever the a, a speech or you know a press conference or, or interview that javier is having in the last six months he's blatantly clear about what he's going to do he's really he's not saying no maybe i'm going to lower public spending by 0 0.5 percent in the next four years and and we're going to make a, a neutral uh, tax reform that it's good. No, no, he really wants to abolish most of the taxes, dramatically lower the, and he's literally saying he wants to close the central bank. He was he wants first to dollarize and secondly to uh, allow Argentinians to do contracts and in whichever in whichever um, currency they want. But dollarization for me is key, and I am totally on board with that because I, as I said before, 
Argentina cannot issue currency. Our authorities have given us a lot of proofs. So I don't think it's anger. I think anger started the the, the interest, but now it's it's really clear. And again, and like like the guys who didn't want to be unionized, I think there are a lot of of of, of things that if you pay attention, you can see that society is changing and people realize that either the country changes really reforms or Argentina is going to become, you know, it's going to leave the third world and become fourth world. You know, there will be a category for us. Yeah. So you use the phrase dollarization and I know some of my viewers will know what that is, um, but that that seems to be the cornerstone of Mille's economic reforms. And this is how he he gets rid of the central bank and, and the corrupted government currency. And I know your organization has done a lot of a lot of work on dollarization. Explain simply what that means and, and how that would uh, work in Argentina. Yeah, it's a very, let's say, I'll, I'll try to be, and there are many countries who, who have done it. In, in, in Latin America, we have Ecuador, for instance, who did it like 20 years ago or so. It's basically that the country stops issuing its own currency. In our case, it's the Argentinian peso. And uh, for instance, in order to pay your taxes, you can use uh, you, you use dollars. And for transactions in general, the, the 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 money of choice will be will be the U.S. dollar. The idea is also to to close the central bank. They don't have any more uh, monetary policy at all. There will be some sort probably of of uh, organization. I mean, a, a state organization that will issue some regulations for banks, and basically that's it. And that's that's basically it. The other thing that Millet wants to do, which I think it's it's very it's it's very interesting and it's very much in line with with libertarian thinking, is that dollarization will be the first step. Let's say that the, the key issue is that the state. Argentina should not have its own currency anymore. So that that's it, because inflation, because of the dis destruction of of, con of contracts, because of all the instability that it, it has it has brought. Once we got rid of our uh, our own currency and we basically use dollars for for normal things and and for having uh, money in the bank, etc. The idea is to also um, um, eliminate that there will be one only one currency in which for instance you can do you can do contracts so argentinians would be able to save in euros you know if your bank allows it you could you know save in euros save in bitcoin save in you know do contracts in bitcoin do contracts in in, in whatever you you want to do and let's say that that's a very let's say very uh, simple way to 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 go and it's almost common sense. I mean, we live in a world that it's, it's you know, monetary policy is so manipulated that uh, this sounds completely radical and, 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 and almost weird. But it's just, and of course, you know, dollarization is not perfect. But, and I know, you know, and, and I know a lot of people who are highly critical of the of the Federal Reserve, and, and I understand them. And I think they, they, they are right in, in many ways, probably in everything. But you have to understand, let's say, the, the kind of, Think of a patient who has been shot five times, stabbed 17 times, you know, and then a, a truck ran over them. Well, you know, in, in, yeah. the, in the state of Argentina, <laughs> in the state of Argentina, adopting the dollar is, I'm not saying salvation, but it's really a, 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 a huge 
leap forward. So, so one of the one of the critiques. I mean, I, I see like when I go to Javier's Wikipedia page, I see far right, ultra right, uber conservative. Um, where is he on on social issues that that? And I, I don't even know how these issues play in Argentina. But but do you consider him a far right candidate? <laughs> no, I think you know. Firstly, you know some of these disfigurations and 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 and, and ideas that and, and ideas that are completely wrong about him have to do with when when he's when he's portrayed as a far right individual in many ways. It has to do with Argentina. Is so much to the left, you know, like the zeitgeist still is so much to the left that if you say. If you say, for instance, we shouldn't uh, issue currency because we have destroyed six six currencies, you know, you're, you're automatically far right. Or if you want the constitution to really be the law of the land, you are far right. Because, for instance, one of the big problems that we have in Argentina is that there are groups, very small groups, who cut streets, but like main, you know, main avenues and in, 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 in cities all the time and make life for people who go to work, who go to school unbearable. And, you know, that, by the way, our constitution is extremely clear about that. And Javier, for instance, says that he's not, if he's president, he's going to do everything that is in his power not to allow that. And for many people, for media, that it's immediately uh, labeling as far right. Within social issues, and again, I am not an expert in, in, in Javier Millet's thought, but what I understand for everything he has said, for everything he has published and for everything he has done so far is that, and that's basically my position too, he's a libertarian, he's a classical liberal, and he believes that basically you can do whatever you want as long as you are not harming a third, you know, someone else with, you know, without their consent. That's basically it. And I think in social in, in social areas he has not been very active or saying too much because basically his his position is that you can do whatever you want as long as you're not uh, hurting uh, anyone else which by the way that that's my position maybe i'm projecting you know that happens with politicians you you never know but i i really think and for everything i i have uh, i have heard him saying that's that's basically his position and I think that should be that should be the position, the default position of, of libertarians. Another thing, and, and this could be for another discussion, Matt, I really think that the value of privacy should be brought to the table again. I think it's highly problematic, particularly if you are part of a minority, that everything becomes political. There are a lot of things, a lot of things of my life, and let's say I'm quite mainstream, you could say, that I don't want ever to be political. I don't want my relationship, for instance, with my wife and my children to be a subject of a, an election or somebody giving me rights or taking away rights about how we live our life and the value of privacy and the value of let people do whatever the hell they want as long as they are not hurting anyone else. I think that's the default position of, of libertarianism, and I think that's where Javier stands. Federico, we're running out of time, but but give us a little bit more about your organization and where we can find you. 
Well, uh, Fundación Bases is uh, nine. You know, it's by now it's 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 uh, of an age that you know. It's, I'm I'm very happy and proud, but also I'm I'm a little bit ashamed to say because you know it it shows how how much you know how how time has passed and and, and fly by. But we are in a 19-year-old organization. Next year will be 20. Uh, our main headquarters are in in Rosario, in 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 Argentina, uh, Argentina's second city. The the hometown uh, the hometown of Lionel Messi. Probably you you've heard now he's 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 in they are with with you in in the U.S. But also of Che Guevara. So you know you can pick <laughs> you can pick your pick your idol could could be and. Uh, and yeah, we've been doing a, a, a lot of work since uh, our very beginning, trying to promote classical liberal ideas, uh, free markets, free trade, competition, entrepreneurship, innovation. Now we are very much involved with innovation. And um, yeah, our some of our flagship programs are the Austrian Economics Conference that we've done 12 times already. We've, we've done it in Argentina many times. We've brought many many of the best american economists and european economists to, to austrian from uh, you know from those those parts of the world to to our city and we've done it twice in 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 europe in austria the the hometown let's say of austrian economics with the austrian economic center and last year we did it in peru and next year we'll we'll do it again in in, in latin america maybe in mexico maybe maybe in colombia so we've been quite busy and now we are very much involved with more than 30 organizations in, in promoting innovation. We believe innovation encapsulate many of the values, almost all of the values that we, we want to promote. And it's another way to, to reach people and to start conversations. And we've been doing a lot, a lot regarding that. And one of the things, Matt, and, and this is something that really uh, caught my attention, we started our, our pro-innovation network by the end of 2019. And we commissioned a survey that we did in five countries, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, and Mexico, to see how people you know, felt about innovation. We didn't want to see, you know, it was not a study to see which country is the most innovative, which one has the, the most startups or the most venture capital or anything, I don't know, but what the society. This was done by a, by a professional uh, survey company and the results were amazing. The results were amazing. They, and, and really, it, 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 we tried to make the, the, the questions as objective as possible. It was not manipulated. And when we asked people, for instance, if they thought that innovation should be stopped at its very first stages, more than 80% in every country, the results were similar in all, in all of these countries. Of course, not. They were saying no. This should this should not uh, this should not happen. How they if, if they thought that innovation was uh, important for for their lives and for their livelihoods. Amazingly, uh, amazing results. That yes, of course, we did. A lot, and that to me, and now it's a very turbulent time in the in the region. And I'm sure if we did the the, the poll again, the results will be similar or or, or even better. But there is also there are something going on. And now, let's say, now you have the benefits of, of free markets and entrepreneurship and, and free trade as much as we have in Latin America, which we could have more, in your cell phones, in your, let's say, it's not, it, let's say, the relationship now is really way more direct. And that, I think, is creating 
a seismic change in how we are going to, let's say, live our lives and how we are going to, what the, what kind of representation we are going to have a, very very soon. I have always, and I have I have shown this this study to many politicians and decision makers in all these countries, and I always told them, and, and this is what I really believed. There's a huge opportunity to be the pro-innovation, pro-entrepreneurship, pro-competition, pro-do-it-yourself. Uh, we are not going to, you know, a step, you know, we're not, going to, we're not going to to block you, we'll just leave you be, you know, less affair in the, in the best way, you know, that you can understand it and in the most classical liberal that you can understand it. There's a lot of people who are waiting for that kind of representation. I think Javier Milei is an example of that. And there's the constituency is there. Let's say to in order you know, to put it in very in, in very blunt terms, I think the past is being the, uh, the candidate of the taxi cartel. You have to be the candidate of Uber. The people is there. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Will Javier Millet be the next president of Argentina? I wish he will. I think he has a very strong chance. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> Where can people find some of the research that you're you've been citing? Thank you. They they can find us at fundacionbases.org. We have an English um, a part of our website with articles and and many things. And also in let's say in English at weareinnovation.global. Federico, thank you so much. Thanks, Matt, for the invitation. Great talking to you. Thanks for watching. If you liked the conversation, make sure to like the video, subscribe, and also ring the bell for notifications. And if you want to know more about Free the People, go to freethepeople.org.